0: Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. You know, today we are going to focus our thoughts on seeking our one. Seeking our one. In 2019, we launched a, I don't want to say campaign, but we launched an initiative within our church, and it has really been across the Southern Baptist Convention of who's, you're one. This, um, this is an, an evangelistic or evangelism uh, initiative. We launched this in the fall of 2019 and 2020, early. Around March, we got sidetracked because of COVID-19. Uh, we have many of you remember the board we had up here and that board will be back up here next week next week there will not be a christmas tree up here but there will be a board that's got who's your one on it Uh, you'll see names of those who have who've already placed names of people that are their one and there you'll see names of those who've come to know jesus christ this We were highly affected by COVID-19 in the way to where we truly lost focus of the who's your one. I'm so glad Miss Janice continued to remind us that not to forget who's your one. Um, I'm glad she kept reminding us throughout the year, but it seemed that we were more focused on managing uh, how we were going to do church. In the midst of a worldwide pandemic. But what we have noticed. From March of 2020 to today. Is God has been faithful. And he has blessed. Our church family. We have witnessed so many things. We've witnessed. uh, Victories upon victories. Within our church family. Showing us the goodness of God. We've also witnessed heartache. Upon heartache within our church family, which has shown us the grace of God because he's brought us through those heartaches. And as we begin to look into 2022, I'd like us to remember our one. I'd like us to remember who's our one. For those of you who are now recently become a part of our church and you weren't here when we launched this, I want to share a couple things about it. Um, this was, uh, this is in part due to us having family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, people that we know, people we've come in contact with that may be lost. The idea with this is that we would not only pray for these people, but we would commit to having gospel conversations when we have the chance for these people. And I know that many of us have many family members who are lost, many friends Loved ones, neighbors, co-workers who are lost. But this initiative says that if we focus our attention on one, on one. While we're praying for the many, we can focus on one. And that we can be intentional in our prayer time and in our conversation with them. Then we have a great chance of winning them to the Lord. And when we win them to the Lord, we don't stop there. We encourage them to, to jump on board and to join us with who's your one. And what we do is seek God's face for God to press another one on our hearts and we just start all back over. This this is the thing. Next week, I've ordered some cards for the names and those cards will have 30-day um, devotional prayer times or prayer passages that you can read from. And hopefully they'll be in this week. If not, that's, that'll be fine. We're still going to move forward. But I'll have those. And if you weren't part of our church, sometime next week, after praying this week, seeking God's face and, and hearing from God who that one person is. Because if you hear the name from God, who that person is, you can believe God's preparing their heart for you to pray for them and for you to have gospel conversations with them. So pray about that this week and then next week be able to put a name on the board. All we're asking for is a nickname, a first name. We're not asking for their full name. If the name is on the board, then the church is going to join you in praying for that one. And we want you to join the church in praying for all the others. And we want to celebrate when that one becomes a part of the family of God. We want to celebrate that with them. And so... This is something that we, we see throughout Scripture. We can find in Scripture where one was a target. We know that when Jesus walked, multitudes followed him. But we also will find often throughout Scriptures where Jesus had an encounter with one. And when he had an encounter with one, it changed their life. And that's what we want to do, change the lives of people that we know one at a time. Because can you imagine what it would look like if just every believer in this church, every born-again Christian in this church in 2022 won one person to the Lord? that would double what we have in here. If they chose to come here, they may choose to go somewhere else. And that's fine. We'll help them find the church that fits them. But greater than them coming here it would be that we've added to the kingdom of God. Amen. I've been here 17 years. For most of that, we averaged about 150 people. The last eight or nine years of this, We've averaged much over that. Can you imagine if just a hundred people were affected by our church? hundred people who are lost were affected by our church in 2022. Folks, they can't be. It's up to us. It's up to us. Whether they come to know the Lord or not, they can be affected because the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And so 2022, we're going to focus on this. There'll be more preaching about this throughout 2022, Lord willing. And we want to be committed to this. I don't want it to be an initiative. I don't want it to be a bandwagon. I don't want it to be something we just decided we would do, but I want it to be part of who we are. And it will be if we all buy in. If we don't, it won't be. It won't be. So it's up to us. It's up to us. As concerned as you were for yourself, be that concerned for someone else and their eternity. When we look here in in Luke's Gospel, in chapter nineteen, we will find that Jesus focused on one. Here is an occasion toward the end of Jesus' ministry; it's getting awfully close to, to that triumphal entry that led to. His crucifixion at the end of the following week. He's getting awfully close to there. We see Jesus is still focusing on one. The Bible says in verses 1 through 10 in chapter 19. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But could not, because of the crowd, for he was a, he was short, he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass by or oh, pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste, came down, and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is God's holy word. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for what 2021 was, God It was a display, God, of your grace and your mercy upon us. God, you brought us through so much. You've proven time and time again you are a good, good father. And God, we know 2022, you're still on your throne. You're still in control. And you're still faithful. And God, you will bring us through whatever we have to face in 2022. So, God, we just look to you this day. Thanking you for your love and affection. Thanking you for your grace and mercy. And God, we're going to give you praise for all that's accomplished. Now take the broken words of your servant. Fix them, form them, fashion them in the heart of each and every one that is here. And God, you speak to them. Give them the message you would have them to have. And we'll praise you for what's accomplished in it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. As we, as we look in this passage, we see that Jesus enter, was entering and about to pass through Jericho. He encountered this man by the name of Zacchaeus, and this man was a rich man, a, a tax collector. As a matter of fact, Scripture calls him the chief tax collector. So that being the case, it's possible that Zacchaeus was head of the local tax office. And if he was head of the local tax office, it doesn't take a genius to understand that he was in charge of the hiring and the firing of other tax collectors. We could understand that he was probably in charge of the monies that was collected by the other tax collectors. And he was responsible to the Roman government as they were charging taxes upon the Jews. Well, the Bible says that Zacchaeus was a rich man. Uh, pretty, it's pretty easy to assume that he probably didn't have a rich man's wage from his job, but there are other ways that you can become rich in areas of power and position whenever you don't get a rich man's wage. Somebody say amen. Amen. We see it every day, don't we? Yeah. All you got to do is just read the newspaper or watch television, how people with, with, uh, salaries, like many people that we know, are, have become multimillionaires because of other activities that go along or that they take advantage of in their positions. Well, <laughs> uh, somebody said today, did y'all not hear that in a prayer that God would give me the boldness to say what was needed to be said? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> well, I'm not going to blame that on God, but we're going to go on. <laughs> Here, Zacchaeus gained his wealth off the backs of his Jewish brothers and sisters. His position would have given him much power over people and control over a wide range of properties. We've seen the Zacchaeus type around, haven't we? You know, Scripture says that he was short in stature. And... If you read through this passage, what you would probably assume is that he was somewhat insecure. You would assume that this was a man who would overcompensate his insecurity and his, his stature by being bold and brash and being someone who, who, uh, Uh, you heard before you seen he would be that person that that often would be labeled as having a Napoleon complex or Napoleon syndrome Um, still it seems his position his authority his power or his wealth it wasn't able to satisfy his soul Uh, it seemed that something in his life was missing and I want to I want to just throw this out here it doesn't matter what kind of job you have if it, it doesn't matter how big your bank account is. It doesn't matter how much power you wield. It doesn't matter how much authority you, you show over people. That in itself will not satisfy your soul. It may satisfy your flesh, but there's going to be something hungering within you because the soul is not fed by the things of the world. And I wonder today, if there is anyone or if there's some, something that you may be seeking, you may not have the Napoleon complex. You may not have the Napoleon syndrome. But the question really is, is your soul satisfied? Maybe you've reached all your goals in life. Well, you, you have a job that you love. You have a spouse that loves you. Children whom you adore. You have close friends who are part of your life. But is your soul satisfied? Maybe it's not you, but a family member or a close friend or a coworker who seems to have the world by its tail. <laughs> Maybe he or she may have everything or it appears they have everything at the tips of their fingers. The question becomes, is their soul satisfied? If not, what are they seeking to satisfy their soul? Or who are they seeking to satisfy their soul? I wanna assure you today It's not what, it's who. I want to assure us it's not something we should be seeking, but it's someone we should be seeking. And in this passage, what we notice is there is a seeking center. There is a seeking center in this passage. It seems Zacchaeus was seeking something his money couldn't provide for him. It seems he was seeking something his job couldn't provide for him. It seems that when, when seeking something that, Or he was seeking something that could fulfill his life or change his life. But what he was seeking after wasn't working. Zacchaeus began to seek someone. He heard that Jesus was in Jericho. And he desired to see Jesus. However, he faced a little bit of trouble with seeing Jesus. He couldn't get through the crowd He couldn't get to Jesus because the crowd was blocking him. Possibly, it's because of his short stature. Possibly, the crowd was a lot like uh, many of us. The where if someone who's mistreated us, and we have any way of having the upper hand <laughs> if we have any way of stopping them from doing something we have a tendency to want to do that so I can imagine the crowd knew that he was trying to get through and without even saying anything they just joined together and said this crook ain't getting by us it, doesn't that sound like us? doesn't that sound like something we would do The we would say oh, oh now he can't take advantage of us we got the upper hand and we're going to stand out ground it's possible that that's what was taking place i don't know whatever the reason was he was denied access to seeing jesus but seeing jesus was so important to zacchaeus that he refused to give up so what did he do he humbled himself here was a man of position a man of authority a man of great wealth and there were people all around And he climbed up in a sycamore tree like a child. (laughs) The only time you really see grown men in a tree today is if they're trying to cut it down. And here's a grown man who climbed up in a sycamore tree with folks everywhere around him just so he could see Jesus. Here's a seeking sinner. Here's a man who was seeking after someone who's passing by perhaps Zacchaeus had heard the reports about Jesus being the Messiah and perhaps he had heard about Jesus saving calling and even changing the life of another tax collector by the name of Matthew uh, one who Matthew we know became one of the Apostles it appears Zacchaeus had begun to believe what was being said about this man and he wondered and hoped if these things were true you know what's interesting is that Zacchaeus had such a desire to see Jesus, that he didn't care who saw him in the tree. He didn't care if people laughed at him, if people mocked him. And and you know they would. (laughs) You know they would. If Zacchaeus would have grown up in Robinson County, I can assure you he would have heard all the short jokes there are out there. I'm telling you, I've got some friends of mine Boy, they love me. I believe they love me, but I hear it all the time. I think I'm average height. What do you think? Don't answer that. I think I'm average height. I, I know better. I know better. I'm a little on the short side. I get that. But even those who are just maybe a half an inch taller than me give me the short jokes. And and that's okay. That's okay. If Zacchaeus would have been here, man, he would have heard everything. He would he, he, have got ripped apart just just by walking around. If some of my friends would have been around, wow. (laughs) But he had reached a point in his life that it didn't matter what anybody had said. He reached a point that he was going to see this Jesus passing by. He was seeking after him. And I, I have to ask, are you seeking something in your life? Are you sensing that no matter what you accomplish or no matter what you accumulate, you are missing something? Well that something is in fact someone and that someone is Jesus Christ. Everyone is seeking him. Many don't know it. Most have no clue of it. We're seeking him because when man was made, he was made from the dust of the ground. Isn't it great how the, just the whole day it seemed to be going together. Songs that were saying, the devotion that was it, it was just going with this message and nobody knew what I was preaching today. But God has a way of fixing things, doesn't he? Dear, it, was, it was man was made out of the dust of the ground and it wasn't until God breathed into the nostrils of man that man became a living soul. However, due to sin in the garden, man became dead in the trespass of his sins. And until a worthy sacrifice was offered up, he would remain dead in the trespass of his sins. And down through portals of time, when the blood sacrifice of animals, uh, we're talking about bulls, goats, and birds would no longer suffice, God sent his only begotten son into the world to become the once and for all sacrifice for the sin of the world. His only begotten son, Jesus Christ, is our Lord lord and savior that that he came in the world so that that spirit of god may be alive within us it's when we it's when he is made alive that we are no longer dead in the trespass of our sins but we are born again and we actually become a living soul you may be asking if you're here today and you're lost are you telling me i'm dead in the trespass of your sins right now you sit dead And it's until you receive Jesus as your Savior will you be made alive. Yes. But for this to happen, we must humble ourselves. We must see that we need help, help that only comes from Jesus Christ. Help that only he can provide. We must be willing to acknowledge that we're in need of a savior. And when we are not ashamed to call upon the Lord, the name of Jesus, it's then that we will be, that we will be received and we can receive the one we've been looking for. You know, if you're desiring more than this life can offer, I encourage you to seek Jesus. If you're willing to humble yourself, he will see you. Because in this passage, we see that Zacchaeus is a seeking sinner, but we also see that Jesus is a seeing Savior. The Bible says that Jesus looked up and saw him. Aren't you glad he saw you? (laughs) I'm so glad he saw me in my mess. And I couldn't hide nothing. It was as if I was naked before him. I couldn't hide no sin. This is a man who knows the number of hair on my head. What can I hide from him? Once Jesus saw Zacchaeus, he began pursuing Zacchaeus. He told Zacchaeus, make haste come down for today I must stay at your house. The Bible says Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. (laughs) joyfully even though people didn't approve they may have thought that this is a bad idea they may have thought that it was a waste of time but Jesus didn't stop pursuing Zacchaeus you remember in John's gospel in chapter 4 Jesus and his disciples were headed toward Galilee but Jesus tells them i needs to go by samaria or i needs to go through samaria In Samaria, Jesus sat by the well of Jacob and a Samaritan woman came by at the sixth hour. This woman is why Jesus needed to go by Samaria. He had never met her personally, but he knew she was coming to that well. The Bible says he sat there. I can imagine that Jesus was sitting on the edge of the well, just letting his legs shake and just waiting on her, waiting on her specifically. To come by. No, he didn't know her, but he could see her. And he could see her need. He was able to see her condition. He was able to see that she was thirsting for more than the water at the well could provide. He was pursuing her. He offered her drink from the water when she came up. And and after she... He told her, this is water that if you drink from me, you will never thirst again. Even though the Jews would have said it's a mistake to pursue her, even though they would have said this is a waste of time to pursue after her, he continued to pursue her. He pursued her knowing that she had five husbands and the one that she had wasn't hers. He pursued her because he came to earth to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, truth is, if you're here today and you're unsaved, if you've not received Jesus as your personal savior, he is pursuing you or you wouldn't be here today. He sees you right where you're at. He knows every deep, dark secret about you. He knows what you are and where you are and who you are. He knows what you're ashamed of and what you should be ashamed of. Romans 3 and 10 says that there's none righteous, no, not one. He knows who you are, that we are dust of the ground. Romans three twenty three says for all is sin and fall short of the glory of God. He knows that we're unworthy to be called his, but he still pursues us. He sees you right where you're at. He sees your need and he's pursuing after you because he is the only one who can meet your need. Yes, there are some self-righteous hypocrites who would say that the Lord pursuing you would be a great mistake. There are some who would say it would be a waste of time. But in Mark 2 and 17, Jesus says, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for you. Well, I was where you are. <laughs> and I was so glad when I met him that he came for me. Man, when we read John 3, 16, it isn't about the world when we read it. It's about me. It's about you. When you read it, make it personal because he came come to die for you so that you can have eternal life. Yes, we see here in this passage a seeking sinner. We see that there's a seeing Savior. And if we will receive this seeing Savior, then you'll receive a stunning salvation. (laughs) How stunning is it, preacher? It'll change your life. What do you mean, preacher? It won't even, it'll change the way you look. It'll change the way you you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change not only you physically here on earth. It'll change you emotionally here on earth. It'll change you spiritually here on earth. And it'll change your eternal destiny for all eternity. Zacchaeus received Jesus. The Bible says... He repented of his sin and his whole life was changed. And there was evidence of his life changing. There was evidence that he turned completely away from a sinful life and turned to God in God's righteous way. The Bible says his heart was changed so much that he gave half of all his goods to the poor. He realized that seeking after the wealth could not bring him joy. Seeking after the wealth could not bring him peace and love. But placing faith in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior would give him more than he had ever hoped for. You know, there was a rich young ruler who didn't get it. But Zacchaeus got it. Question is, which one are you going to be? Zacchaeus, he did a little bit more though. He didn't just give half his wealth away. (laughs) But he committed to give back to those he had cheated. The Bible says four times. Zacchaeus says, I'll restore four times what he had taken. Now, if we would think about that, of all the people he had cheated, (laughs) cheated out of money, cheating out of land, I imagine this was going to be a life. Long process for him. In other words, he was committing his life to give him back, to restoring what he had taken. You know, but it, <laughs> experiencing such a salvation, it will cause you to commit to things you ordinarily wouldn't commit to. Here he was committed to becoming the Christian that God would have him to be and not the person his flesh was pulling them to be you know there's a movie we watched it several years ago it actually was the first installment of those movies like facing your giants and and um, fireproof and those it was the very first one it was called flywheel I don't know if some of you remember watching that movie but but we watched that movie here and while in that movie it's it centered around Jay Alston a dishonest car salesman he's in a lot of debt But he comes to a turning point in his life where he becomes a born-again Christian. After experiencing such a stunning salvation, Jay turns from his dishonest way of business and he begins trusting God to take care of him. Even when things got hard, even when his employees turned on him, he trusted God. At one point in the movie, Jay and his wife are sitting in their living room and the TV turned off. They're reading their Bible and he closes the Bible and Jay shares that he felt pressed by the Spirit of God to pay back everyone that he had cheated. So the next day he goes through his records of cars that he had sold over the years of his business and he looks at every name and every car that they bought and and how much they paid for that car and how much that car was actually worth. And he went to every home to pay back what he had cheated. As a matter of fact, if you watch the movie, the funny part is, in this, is after about half the day of doing this, it's, God had fixed it in a way to where he went to the right people first. <laughs> he went to the people that were gracious and, and loving and caring. The people that were, that were just, fought, uh, just thanking him so much for, for becoming an honest man and giving back to him. <laughs> but then after lunch... You know, he, he called his wife and told her about what was going on. He said, "You just can't understand how good this makes me feel," she said, "Hold up. You better remain humble." <laughs> after lunch, it was a different story. The people he encountered after the lunch, they were angry at the fact that they had lost that money some time ago, and, and they, they didn't thank him for giving them what was already theirs. They told him who he was because he took from them in the beginning. You know, I think most of us would have been about like that, wouldn't we? Nah, not us that's been born again. We would have, we would have been thankful. <laughs> but before we were saved, we'd have been like the second group. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he was he was humbled really quick. But what he This put him and his business in more debt than what they were in. And it was hard for him to see how he was going to get out of this debt. But he trusted God. And when it looked like he was going to lose his business, God provided for him in a way that paid off his debt honestly. And through trusting in God and not in himself, Jay became the salesman and the Christian that God would have him to be. Well, we can see that in Zacchaeus. He wanted to be the man that the Lord would have him to be. What about you? Can you take an honest inventory of your life and say that you're the person the Lord would have you to be? Becoming the person of God would would mean that you would have to begin by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God loved you so much that he desires to have a personal relationship with you. His desire is so great that he willingly gave his only begotten son to be offered up on Calvary's cross for your sin, for my sin. And this Jesus willingly hung between heaven and earth on this old rugged cross for our sin. He poured out his blood as a sin offering so that we could be forgiven. He died and was buried. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. And he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And if you would confess your sin and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he will immediately change your life. And he will begin a working you and making you into who he would have you to be. Jesus, our seeing Savior, is looking for that seeking sinner to offer a stunning salvation to. Listen, Jesus initiated salvation. He initiated it from the beginning. He initiates it within us. If you're here today, it's because he's starting something in your life. And he's wanting you to humble yourself and call upon him. As they become to prepare this song of invitation. That every head bowed, every eye closed. What I know is Zacchaeus left a changed man. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was no longer the man. That he was before Jesus come into Jericho. What we know is that the power of Jesus will change your life. But you must trust him and you must do it his way. His way is that we would believe that he is the savior of the world. And we must acknowledge that we can't do it on our own, but that we're in need of a savior. And when we do that, he's there waiting to receive you. But you must receive him. In other words, you must believe and confess. You don't have to confess your sins to me. But you do have to seek his forgiveness. You do have to confess your sins to him. And what I mean by that is you have to confess that you are a sinner in need of a savior. That's all it means. He knows. He's got a record. He's got the account. So you don't have to tell him every little thing. You just acknowledge that you need help. And he'll do what needs to be done in your life. And you'll find him to be what you've been seeking. He'll be love. He'll be peace. He'll be joy. And he'll give you hope. But it's up to you.